Welcome to Primity, where we find simple techniques to help address modern problems for our primitive bodies. My name is Andrew Pafford, and I'm a health and wellness professional with over a decade of experience helping Olympic-level athletes, desk jockeys, and seniors achieving their goals and improving their quality of life. Balance is something that we take for granted in our lives until we lose it. Whether it's a momentary loss of balance that leads to an injury, or in our advanced years, we become increasingly aware of our diminished abilities and it leads to a daily apprehension affecting our quality of life. For a long time, balance training has been a nerve game. Increasing awareness of yourself in space, known as proprioception, training or retraining, feedback loops to hopefully enhance reflexes, and that's about it. But is that all that goes into maintaining balance? Today, we'll elaborate on many other components that we take for granted in maintaining balance and how we can incorporate them into our training. For starters, I don't want to knock any established balance training protocols that are currently being deployed. Standing on foam pads, BOSU balls, or even just getting time standing on one leg is indeed critical for training the nervous pathways of the body. Your body has nerve receptors throughout it called proprioceptors which indeed help keep a bit of subconscious inventory of where your body exists in space. If you were to stand, say, on two pool rafts floating in water, and they begin to slowly float away, your proprioceptors would notify you that your ground is beginning to shift. There's no change in temperature, pressure, or pain, so those nervous pathways are not activated. However, your proprioceptors would begin providing input that something was amiss and you were moving, at which point you would probably want to do something about it to avoid falling into the pool. In a real-world application, your proprioceptors can sense even more minute movements than your legs drifting apart. The proprioceptors in your ankles, for example, are a main point of focus in balance training. When your balance shifts, the ankle begins to change position. The body feels this, and reflexively activates the appropriate musculature to try and get the foot back to a balanced position. Anyone can play this game by standing on one leg and having a firm structure to grab onto if necessary, please don't get hurt, and watching your foot while you balance on one leg. Look at that bad boy go. Even if you have, quote, great balance, you will see that foot shift and twitch to maintain your center of balance quite quickly and consistently. Further, become aware of how you are not consciously telling the musculature in your foot or leg to be firing the way that it is. It is doing it automatically. These are reflex loops. The proprioceptors that detect the change in balance are sending their input to the spinal cord, which in turn bypasses the brain and immediately sends commands back to the appropriate muscles necessary. By eliminating that extra step and distance of having to travel, of sending the signal to travel to our brains and back, we are able to decrease our reaction time and thus better maintain balance. Children are masters at training their reflex loops. They have an insane amount of patience and determination for minds so immature. They're basically made of rubber and aren't very tall, so if they fall, it doesn't hurt that bad and it isn't that scary, so they don't have much to lose if they fail. But through trial and error, we are able to establish these reflex loops until we find a winning combo. That's how children go from looking like stumbling potato sacks with stilts to fearlessly throwing themselves from couch cushion to couch cushion like mine tend to do. By that same token, 
if we injure ourselves and the proprioceptors become damaged, say from a rolled or sprained ankle, our current proprioceptors get damaged and torn, negatively affecting our ability to detect motion shifts and thus hampering our reflex loops. We have to retrain those pathways, just like children do with trial and error, except of course we're much taller, way more, and with more at stake if we fail. In this manner, balance training is crucial to begin retraining those sensors so we can keep our reflex loop times snappy and crisp. So if we have good reflex time, then all is well. And if that seems like a silly statement, you're correct. So then why does most traditional balance training only focus on the, quote, balancing component, rather the piece that helps train and stimulate proprioception? Let's begin by painting what I would argue is a pretty fair picture of what is what it's actually like to balance in the real world. And that is we all lose our balance a good deal of time. We're human, we get distracted, we don't pay attention to our surrounding, and sometimes we lose our balance. We step on a toy, we slip off of a curb or step that we weren't looking at. We turn quickly and our foot catches on the other shoe slash foot or a rock or stone or crooked sidewalk. So why aren't we all getting hurt on a consistent basis? Because our balance recovery is quite good. Our proprioceptors are good at detecting shifts in balance and great at making us painfully aware when we're on our way down. At that point, a handful of other fitness factors come into play that can mean the difference between a graceful recovery and kissing the pavement. First, let's talk about flexibility. If you were to stand up straight and without shifting your balance, lift one leg off the ground suddenly, you at this point would begin to free fall to one side. Let's say if I lifted my left leg, I would fall to the left. Upon realizing, courtesy of proprioception, you would instinctively take that free leg and reach out to catch yourself and huzzah, disaster avoided. Reaching out and catching yourself, however, is the component that we take for granted. What were the myriad of properties we needed to possess to perform that feat? As mundane as it sounds, that movement might be quite challenging for those much farther along in life or those with a pre-existing condition. If I were to list to the left and fall to the side, as in that example, my left leg would be doing the catching. But what about the right? my right groin would be stretched as that right leg would have remained planted and thus left behind as my torso and the rest of my body were to fall and be displaced to the left. The later I had responded to the balance shift, the farther out I would have had to reach to catch myself and thus the greater the stretch on my right groin. When reflexes diminish, reaction times increase, meaning it takes you longer to react and I would need more flexibility in order to overcome that scenario unscathed. The greater range of motion I have at my disposal, the more room I have to recover my balance. Secondly, let's talk about strength. This is, and flexibility, are why I seldom work on balance training. In that exact same scenario, while falling to the left leg, while falling to the left, the left leg must shoot out to catch the body and stop the fall. I, A, need the strength to be able to lift my leg and move it quickly, which requires power, and you can't be powerful if you're not strong. 
But then once in place, I then B, need the strength to stop my body from falling. If you're an individual who struggles to perform a standard two-legged squat to parallel, how are you going to catch yourself falling with speed on one leg? That requires strength. The beauty of strength training is that there are a myriad of exercises to help increase strength in the lower quarter, but even better, a good many of them are already single-legged or asymmetrical movements. Lunges, rear foot elevated split squats, single-legged RDLs, side lunges, the list goes on. But what's wonderful is that by performing these motions, you're not only training the muscles, but you're also inherently training the proprioception. For someone who may not have great balance, lunging next to a couch or table for balance if necessary, is working the proprioceptors and challenging the musculature necessary in performing a balance recovery maneuver. Further, many of these motions require respectable mobility. Trying to perform a lunge, but your groin or hip flexors feel tight, I can quickly tell you who is going to get in the way should you need to rise to the occasion for a balance save. Addressing those muscles with mobility work to enable the execution of the lunge has just doubled as also giving yourself more room for balance recovery, not to mention reducing the chances of pulling a muscle during your time of need. It's for these reasons why I very quickly try to graduate from standing on one leg or standing on a foam pad to actual strength exercises. The benefits from those traditional balance exercises are typically included in many well-established strength training movements. You just need to start conservatively and scale appropriately. Finally, I have one more line of training that is not for the faint of heart, however, can be a Hail Mary in balance recovery, and that is breakfalls. Breakfalls, as the name implies, is actually cutting your losses and allowing yourself to fall, but doing it in such a way that minimizes injury. You'll likely get bruised or scraped, but if done correctly, you can avoid broken bones or worse. My wonderful case study for this, I went jogging with my wife one day. We had moved to a new apartment in our younger years and decided to go for a run to get the lay of the land. At one point, I was looking at her and conversing when suddenly something grabbed at my trail foot and would not let go. My forefoot was bearing my weight, making it stuck, and my momentum was carrying me forward well beyond both of my legs, setting me up to fall like big tree. I didn't have time to choose. My reflexes from gymnastics and martial arts took over. I tucked my chin, lowered my shoulder, and dropped into a somersault. While it may not have looked completely graceful, I certainly felt pretty ninja rolling back to my feet with the same momentum that almost cost me my teeth. So what happened? A slab of sidewalk was cocked up about two inches, and I happened to land just in front of it with my foot. As I was proceeding through my gate and tried to lift my foot, my toe stubbed immediately into that wall of concrete that kept me from pulling my foot back or slipping over the top. By somersaulting, I was able to absorb the shock across my back and rib cage, which are far more durable and resilient than my poor wrist, chin, or elbow. All I had to show for it was a minor abrasion on the back of my shoulder and naught else. Immediately thereafter, shook it off, looked at my wife and said, I'm good, let's keep going. 
And so we went back to living our lives. Moral of the story, as humans, we cannot be perfect. One day, you will lose your balance. And when you do, what will you do? For this question, I make the argument that you need to be good at falling. Breakfalls are commonly taught in MMA and other martial arts styles. I've heard a couple variances on the expression, but ultimately, 80% of fights go to the ground. Of course, I've also heard about 57% of all statistics are made up, so take that with a grain of salt. But I think it's fair to state that those who are practiced at falling are better practiced at falling without getting hurt. For this reason, breakfalls are quite commonly taught in the martial arts. Incidentally, breakfalls help build strength. Introducing shock forces can stimulate bone growth and increase bone density and require core work and full body utilization, which makes them fantastic fitness tools and exercises as well. This last approach certainly requires appropriate facilities and experienced instructors. Without the appropriate equipment to practice on, mistakes could be costly. It will also take time and courage and lots of repetition to train those feedback loops as you may not have the time to choose to do a breakfall, whether it needs to be deployed the moment it happens. Nevertheless, I would argue it is an invaluable tool to have in your toolkit that can mean the difference of a scratched arm slash hip to being hospitalized, requiring surgery, or worse. All right, quick recap for the day. Typically, balance training incorporates proprioceptive training, which is a critical component in balance, but traditionally it's usually stops there. Two, people aren't perfect, so you will lose your balance. The real question is, can you cover it? Three, flexibility gives you more room to recover and can reduce the likelihood of pulling a muscle during a balance recovery maneuver. Four, strength training is an essential component in balance recovery, and many movements even have proprioceptive work baked in. Why not kill two birds with one stone and use strength training instead of traditional proprioceptive training? Finally, five, break falls can be your last line of defense in mitigating a fall, but require appropriate facilities and supervision. An MMA or martial arts facility might be your best bet. That wraps up today's talk on balance training. We're always curious to hear what you're curious about, so shoot us your suggestions, comments, and queries to info at primity.org. And as always, strength comes in many forms, from within and without. So be strong to be useful. Take care.